Good morning and welcome to Go in Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan. I'm Dean of the Chapel here at Houghton. Today is Wednesday, September 23rd, and we're so glad to have you listening with us this week as we talk about the theme of feasting together. We're reading Old Testament passages relating to the, uh, to the Old Testament feasts, and then we are reading New Testament passages that kind of complement that. So today's uh, texts, if you'd like to read them, uh, Psalm 46, Leviticus 23, verses 33 to 43, and Luke 22, 7 to 22. And uh, to form the basis of my thoughts for today, I'm just going to read a part of the Luke passage. That's Luke 22, 14 to 20 that I'll read for you today. When the hour came, he took his place at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Well, As a liturgical scholar, uh, this is among the pivotal texts for the discipline of liturgical studies. Um, Historically, as a discipline, liturgical studies is focused on kind of the history of Christian worship and finding the kind of common threads across different types of Christian worship so that we might be able to understand the historic core of Christian worship a little more. And certainly the consensus among liturgical scholars, and I think most biblical scholars too, is that this text is uh, certainly designed to set a pattern for how the early church understood communion, um, particularly in the verbs that are used to describe the bread. The bread is taken, blessed, broken, and given. And those four verbs are appended to what happens to the communion bread in lots of early church liturgies, and indeed even to the uh, portion of the, uh, the scripture where Jesus appears to the men on the, Emmaus, uh, the road to Emmaus. And remember, he uh, comes up upon these men who are talking about um, all that's happened in Jerusalem in the last few days, and they don't realize, they're talking about Jesus, but they, when Jesus is there, they don't recognize that it's the risen Lord. And so Jesus goes with them to their house, and they invite him to have dinner with them. And at dinner, he takes bread, bread blesses it, breaks it, and gives it. And those four uh, verbs are used there as well to describe what happens to the bread. And that leads a lot of liturgical scholars to sort of remind people, hey, there's probably a hint here of establishing this as kind of the core of Christian worship in the early days. And I I have to say, for me, those verbs, taken, blessed, broken, given, are very very helpful. They're kind of paradigmatic in lots of ways. Uh, Henry Nowen, in his book, Life of the Beloved, uses these four words, taken, blessed, broken, and given. And he says, this is kind of a paradigm for what happens to all of us. And he says, you know, before 
Communion bread is taken, blessed, broken, and given. It's just bread. But after it is taken, blessed, broken, and given, it becomes the body of Christ for the body of Christ. It becomes Christ's body for his people. Um, and certainly as a Roman Catholic, he believes that in um, a, a less metaphorical way than I might as a Protestant. But he certainly understands this as, as there's a, a substantive and actual change that happens to the bread. It was the bread, and now it's the body. And what makes the change? Taken, blessed, broken, and given. And even while I might not understand the nature of communion in just the same way that Nowen does, I think there's something very powerful about this idea that we also are just ordinary human beings before we are taken, blessed, broken, and given. And when that happens to us, we become bread for the world. We become nourishment for the world. Um, until that point where God takes me, he chooses me, sets me aside as his own. Until the point where he blesses me and helps me to see what he's given me for the task. Until the point where I live into my own brokenness and realize, okay, here are specific ways the world has shattered me, challenged me, cracked me, until I'm aware of those, and until I'm aware that God has given me, that God um, has a way of using me, and not just to my own life, but um, using me to do something greater than just take care of myself. Until all of that happens, the taking, blessing, breaking, and giving, I just remain an ordinary person. I'm doing my own thing. I am living basically unto myself, even if I have kind of a veneer of religiosity around me. Until that happens, until that God, that, that event of God's work in my life, I'm just a person. But after that, I can become just like Jesus, life for the world. Now, I'm not saying just like Jesus in the sense that I'm the savior of the world. But what I'm saying is, Jesus says, follow me. <laughs> and this leads me to follow him. It leads me to actually be like him and extend his ministry into the world. So when we're thinking about the theme of feasting and being nourished, right, part of why I love this text and why I love, um, I mean, there's so many reasons I love the gospel, but some of the genius of the Christian gospel, right, is that once we understand God's nourishing work in our lives, God also has this picture of us becoming a feast for the world. That we, you know, just like, we long to become nourishment for the world. You know, this is the great desire of our hearts to do something that's meaningful, that bends history towards goodness, towards Jesus, towards God, um, that we long for this, and God makes it possible for us to be nourishment for others. As I, um, as I grow older, uh, you know, being 42 now, um, and I'm not as concerned as I was at the beginning of my life with the kind of, how am I going to fit um, you know, what career am I going to get, etc. I'm now more concerned with how am I going to use however many years I have left here to be nourishment, to feed others. You know, how, how will people remember me? Hopefully is not too much of a, that can be such a navel-gazing question. What will people say about me when I'm gone is a classic narcissist question in some ways. But there's a healthy way of sort of saying, what's going to be my legacy? What am I going to leave behind? Will I have nourished people, or will I have just simply been kind of junk food, you know? And for now, and he reminds me that, that the key to becoming not just ordinary bread, but, but life-giving bread, is to be taken, blessed, broken, and given. To lean into God's choosing me, to look honestly at the ways he's blessed me. Again, to be very aware of my own brokenness. 
and to start to be consumed with how can I be given? How can I let God give me? Well, that's a challenging word, uh, and I suppose probably one of those words may be deeply affecting to you in some way. Some of you might like the idea or might find it very very challenging to think about being taken or blessed or broken or given, depending on your own life, your history, your theology. But I do believe that as we lean into those words, we're going to better understand ourselves and better understand the way that we are called on to be bred. So let me pray for you, just depending on where that difficult place is for you, that God will help you to deal with it and, and to come out on the other side ready to be nourishment for the world. God, I thank you for each one who's listening. I know that finding a podcast from a Christian college is not something that just anybody does, but someone who is deeply yearning to be your person, someone who is yearning to show your love to the world, someone who's yearning to speak your truth to the world, someone who's yearning to be given in the way your son was given. So we pray, God, for each one here today that you would help them over whatever is scaring them about the process of being taken, blessed, broken, and given that you would speak your love to them, that you would remind them of your gracious care for them, and make them unafraid to follow you in this process, knowing that we have the privilege of being your life in the world. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, it's wonderful to talk with you today. I'll look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Until then, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.